Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubs at the Club, brought to you by Snake River Stampede Whiskey, but we'll tell you a little bit more about that later in the show. We are the Idaho Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dallas Hammer, joined today by Brave Bold Brian Marceau, and we're just going to jump right into it, Brian. Idaho named the number four seed in the FCS bracket today. Your instant thoughts. My instant thoughts were, God damn, this is such a home run season. Uh, Yeah. So, look, heading into the Idaho State game, which we'll hit on later, uh, but uh, on paper, it seemed like Idaho, like, was heading into this week was 6-7-8. If Idaho 6-7-8, fantastic. You know, hey, second year in Jason Eck, Idaho's hosting a second-round playoff game. You call that incredible progress, no, no matter what school you're at. And then, look, Idaho now, like, if you guys are new to the FCS bracket, the top eight seeds don't play in the first rounds. It's a 24 team tournament. 16 teams were unseated play in round one. And the scheduling of that first round is, is regionalized. So it is not your worst unseated team plays your best unseated team. A lot of it has to do with, Hey, who did you play in the regular season? And where do you call home? Which often means big sky teams don't have real, real easy round one matchups, but Idaho look, they're not in a round one matchup. So they're, they're one of the top eight teams. They're going to host a, the second their second round playoff game but then the top four seeds they presuming they win their second round matchup they're hosting second round as well too so there could be two more playoff games at the kibbe dome if idaho takes care of business so no dude this is the this is things breaking perfectly in idaho's direction as far as where they are in the bracket the four seed look they needed some teams to lose we don't we're we don't really talk about other teams other conferences that much on the show dallas but um, Idaho did get some help from Furman losing to like the shittiest team they possibly could lose to in Wofford. And Idaho got some help with Delaware losing uh, to Villanova as well. Uh, so that, Hey, that mattered, but Idaho took care of business uh, against Idaho state and the strength that Idaho strength of schedule, you know, top 10 in the nation rewarded uh, that NCAA. I think this is dumb, but they do it. They count qual- quality wins as, ranked at the time well hey of idaho's eight wins four of them are quality wins you factor in eastern even though they finished with four wins that's a quality win because they're ranked when idaho beat them we got the fbs nevada win plus beating a top 10 sacramento state and a top 10 montana state at the time that's a kick-ass resume i gotta say i love that the committee seemed to care about strength of schedule and you know also who you lost to and how you lost to those teams as part of how you fit in because idaho at uh, four, you know, number four seed with three losses. That is a little surprising, but hey, I think the committee got it right. Great news for Vandals. Yeah, Brian, you you pretty much nailed that. Um, it is kind of surprising to see again a, a three loss Idaho team up there, but again, you, when you look at it, it's okay. They lost a Power Five Cal. They lost to number two Montana. Yes, the Weber State loss looks bad, but I think anybody with eyes could tell you. Weber State would have made the playoffs had they played Munoz the whole year and just wrote out any freshman issues. That was a completely different team that Idaho played than the team that was getting absolutely pasted the first half of the season. So uh, Idaho took care of what they needed to do. Obviously, uh, it felt like the world was ending when Weber State got that upset victory, but Idaho goes out there, absolutely pastes Idaho State yesterday, number four seed. It is tough. Again, you're going to play good teams. We're down to the final 24. You're going to play good teams. And when Idaho gets their opponent, you're down to the final 16. You're going to have good teams. SIU Nichols is a a tougher draw. Uh, Captain 58 saying, SIU worries me more than Nichols. Uh, Patty Frake saying, we got one of the toughest second round round matchups. 
I, I don't know what I think about Nichols, and we'll get into that, uh, especially probably next week. We'll do a little short preview show talking about the opponents. But when you look at SIU, uh, guys, SIU lost to Youngstown State, who was receiving votes at the time. Then they lost touchdown to South Dakota State, touchdown to South Dakota. And then they did get blown apart by North Dakota State. But this is a team that has quality losses just like Idaho, and it is going to be a very tough matchup. So the biggest thing for me is looking at Idaho gets a whole week off. Obviously, Jack Lane had one of the greatest performances in Vandal history yesterday. Six touchdowns in the first half. Incredible performance. I think he was, what, 21 to 25, something like that. It, I'll, we'll, we'll talk that game in detail towards the end of the show. But what this means is Giovanni McCoy gets an entire extra week to heal up from whatever's nagging him. The offensive line hopefully will get a little bit of health back. This is this is nothing but a huge success for Idaho, Brian. Yeah, look, hey, you you already brought up the, the only real home run uh, it, that I, I think a team could have schedule-wise is uh, getting lucky that with a shitty regional matchup. And because um, you look at the unseeded teams that are at all theoretically regional, uh, well, like Idaho already played Sacramento State. The committee does their best to not have regular season rematches. So... Uh, whatever. I mean, hey, uh, Nichols did kind of get their asses kicked by Sacramento State early in the year. Of course, Sacramento State looked better early in the season, but Sacramento State also essentially got their asses kicked against, against every pretty good team they played this year other than Nichols, I guess. So uh, we have that. Um, you know, I guess it, it, the Big Sky and Missouri Valley Conference are those that's like the SEC Big Ten of the FCS. They're the conferences that are going to get four, you know, between four and five teams in. I, uh, Big Sky got four teams in, three of which were seeded, which is to say it's pretty hard to not play a, a Missouri Valley team in the second round if you're from the Big Sky based off of trying the committee trying to not have regular season rematches happen until there isn't really much choice. So, you know, hey, the fact that Idaho has Southern Illinois, um, I don't know, man, like, you, I, we haven't done our, we haven't really dissected these teams that much. And th this isn't the show for it. This is the instant reaction, but going through the Southern Illinois schedule for, you know, just like 10 seconds. Um, like you, you brought up that they, they have some parts of their resume that are kind of like Idaho of, you know, like their losses are essentially to pretty good teams who they looked good against. Plus there's a FBS win on that resume, but because every team is good, what really matters are matchups anyway. Look, I mean, hey, we just saw this with Idaho the last two weeks. Um, a few weeks ago, Weber State and Idaho State, we picked Idaho State because Idaho State was looking like a different team at that point. Well, and we just saw, look, Weber State, Idaho State, the matchup with the University of Idaho wasn't remotely close. So that's kind of what I care about much more than what their overall record was, which we're going to look at later. But... Um, I can't stress this enough. The Vandals getting two potential home games in X second year. Absolutely a home run. Um, I, I was texting people before this event, or before the selection show, saying, look, if Idaho gets to the quarterfinals, to me, that is a home run season for Idaho. If Idaho makes it to the semifinals, that's a grand slam, guys. And I look, Idaho... Idaho's going to get to host a final. They're going to host a what? They're going to be on the. They're going to host a quarterfinal. They'd be on the road for a semifinal, but Idaho hosting a quarterfinal. Jesus, man, I would have barely thought that was on the table if Idaho would have won out Dallas and 
this is where we are. So I'm not ready to fret about Idaho's second round matchup yet, especially when hey, teams have to actually beat each other. Um, I'm just I'm just in, incredibly stoked about how fun this this season's been. Love that we get to have this season persist at least two more weeks, two more shows talking about actual like real games, not you know not reflecting. And I guess I'm my thing. If you can get to the dome, God damn it, get to the dome. The the t- the tickets are in my mind quite reasonably priced. Which hey Dallas, uh, glad to give you no notice to get this up on the screen. Uh, but look for reserve seats in the like middle, you know, around that like fifty yard line ish area in the sections of the dome that are around fifty yard line. Dallas is working feverishly with no notice to get it up. We're talking thirty seven dollars. Uh, for those tickets, they go on sale Monday. So like, Hey, if you're a season ticket holder, you get pre-sale, you can buy your, the seats you have for season tickets on Monday through Tuesday, Wednesday, everything goes on sale to the general public, but at 37 bucks, there's no VSF donation attached to these tickets, guys, the, the listed ticket price is just going to be listed ticket price plus whatever processing fees. But, uh, you know, y'all know how that works. $37 for sections four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, very reasonably priced, uh, club seats are club or suites are 152. Uh, but you know, GA tickets are only 27. If that, if the money is that big deal to you guys, a $27 GA tickets, not a big deal. And Hey, if the, uh, like Christy Mayer says cheaper than regular season tickets, cause the donation, absolutely Christy. And look, if you gotta be a cheap bastard, which hey, cheapest bastard in the world on the stream guys is me, uh, at the very least, hey, buy you buy your GA tickets and sit where there's open spots because, like traditionally, this isn't just an Idaho thing. This is an FCS as a whole thing because there's so little notice about playoff games. Attendance doesn't it usually goes down a little bit, but Idaho's got two weeks and the for you to make your plans to get there for that for for that second round game. Plus, tickets aren't that expensive, man. I know my whole family's gonna go. I j- just guys again. With, Idaho has not made the playoffs that much in the 21st century. This is Idaho's fourth winning season. Don't sit, don't sit this out hoping for some better future guys. The future is now God damn it. Buy your tickets. Yeah. We talk a lot about, you know, this is the trajectory of X program. We, we are projecting that year three, year four, year five, as long as he's still here and most of the coaching staff is still intact or, Again, those that depart are filled with with guys that are just as good, if not better. But that's all projection. All of that could change immediately. Don't take it for granted that Idaho has a home game in the second round of the FCS playoffs. Again, so Brian mentioned this, but I want to say it again, just in case anybody needs to hear it again. Tickets go on sale to to the season ticket holders on Monday at 9 a.m. They have until the end of Tuesday to purchase their tickets. Starting Wednesday, the 22nd at 9 a.m., tickets are on sale to the general public. So if you're a season ticket holder listening to this, you've got a day and a half to get your tickets locked in. You'll get to to have your tickets, which, again, hand up. That's absolutely what I'm doing. I'm going to be sitting in the same spot in Section 7 that I always sit. And then, again, Tuesday is your last day. Wednesday, this shit gets opened up, and hopefully Vandal fans are going to go nuts. There's the price again. Again, guys, $37 for the gold section. So anywhere between four and eight, the 20s on the alumni side, anything between the 20s, you're spending under $50 a ticket, under $40 a ticket. Obviously, the club and suites don't count. But guys, these are great prices. Like Christy said, cheaper than regular season tickets to go see Idaho 
in the playoffs. Like this is this is your best chance to see Idaho taking on a legitimately good team, just like again, Montana, Montana State. If you didn't make it to those games, this is your chance. This is the cheapest it's gonna be, and it's gonna be loud. Brian, quick shout out. I know that we're we're doing this weird thing where we're talking a little bit about Idaho State. We've obviously got the the four seed is the big news today. The dome was rocking yesterday. It was the best Thanksgiving crowd I've ever seen. Almost 10,000 people. The student section absolutely brought it. Shout out to the vandalizers. I critiqued the heck out of them in week one and two when they were chanting very loudly when the Vandals were on offense. It was quite silent the whole time the Vandals had the ball. And anytime Idaho State had the ball in the first half, holy crap, it was just insane. Great atmosphere. The dome is going to be electric for the playoffs, Brian. Brian, you're muted. Brian, you're still muted. Jesus Christ. Okay. Hey, Dallas. Yeah, no, dude, you're right. We'll let's talk. We'll talk about Idaho State in a second. I want to hit. Can you throw the FCS playoff bracket up on the screen next? We can go through a little bit of that. But hey, as you're doing that, guys, tickets are super affordable. Ten dollars student tickets. Uh. Yeah, Christy Mayer in the comment section for the Idaho State game project in the parking lot. She, I was talking to her. She she guessed eight thousand fans, uh, nine thousand eight hundred, which is better than the Sacramento State draw. Um, incredible. Which I hey uh, to talk about the playoffs, Dallas. While you're getting that up, that gives me faith that Idaho could have one of the better home crowds uh, for the playoffs. If for the Thanksgiving game, which it is just not part of Idaho culture yet uh, to expect that hey you, you students should not be traveling. That weekend, if it's a home game, it is not part of Idaho culture yet for fans to say, hey, we need absolutely have to send all the seniors off with a good crowd because of this kick-ass season we had. The fact that Idaho gets to 9,800, very good environment. And hey, I know the listed attendance in the Dome or the listed maximum capacity in the Dome is 16,000. That is, everyone should keep in mind, that's a bullshit number as long as we're going to give the band an entire section, which I want to give the band an entire section. Just means you're understanding that ratio of how many people showed up. The ceiling is probably 14,000 for what an actual sellout is while the band has an entire section. So, hey, just under 10,000 out of 14, that's what we call a kick-ass environment. So, Dallas, uh, to look at Idaho in, you know, Let's look at Idaho's side of the bracket. We can talk about the big sky a little bit because I think maybe maybe one of the things that fans will be interested in is like they already know Idaho hosting, having the potential to host two playoff games for Idaho, hosting through the quarterfinals. Everyone knows that's a home run. Uh, that's not even something I might have thought was on the table had Idaho not lost to Weaver maybe. We know that. But like, hey, let's look at just looking at the Idaho side of the bracket. Um are there any other potential future intriguing matchups you see that could be on Idaho's path? I mean, Brian, it's the it's the no-brainer here, but if Idaho somehow gets through, again, projecting right now, Southern Illinois, uh, just they're at home. They seem like the better team uh, just on paper from the five seconds I've taken to look at the two of them. Southern Illinois scares me much more than Nichols does. If Idaho gets through Southern Illinois, you're talking either NC Central Richmond or Albany coming to the Kibbe Dome. And if you get through that, you're talking X guys, South Dakota State. I would be stunned if they lost to e- any of the teams in their quarter of the bracket. You're talking a semifinal matchup against South Dakota State, December 15th or 16th. That, 
again, I don't know if Idaho has the lines to to hold up against South Dakota State. And again, there is multiple, multiple things that have to happen to get to that. But when you're looking at the former offensive coordinator of the best team in the country going up against his former team, you got to feel that guy's going to have some stuff baked in and he's going to have an idea of what to do. Uh, shout out Chris, uh, Nick Weber here. Chris mentioned it on the FCS Fan Show, but if Albany comes to the Dome, it might be the last home game of 2023 and the first home game of 2024, so that's really cool, getting a chance to see Albany before playing them next year. Uh, Brian, that's that's my big thing here, looking at South Dakota State on this side of the bracket. Obviously, you don't want to have to play South Dakota State because, again, best team in the country for a reason. They're undefeated. But of all the teams that might have a puncher's chance, got to give it to the fight next, man. Yeah, you you hit what to me was in, was intriguing looking for, looking through the bracket. Like, obviously, don't want it, we're not going to get too far ahead because every team in the playoffs is good, uh, minus Duquesne, and uh, that means that to you know to advance the playoffs, you have to beat someone good for sure. But seeing Albany, who Idaho will host on September fourteenth, twenty twenty four, is a in a uh, potential quarterfinal matchup. Uh, that I mean, that's actually part of why I was so stoked about what Idaho. Idaho's placement in the bracket uh, because the uh, we we had Montana parlay on uh, during the Montana State episode. He talked about the uh, prairie cold being a little bit uh, different type of cold than what Idaho's used to. And full disclosure, Idaho playing in the dome, uh, there's not that many weeks of potential cold foot cold football Idaho even has on their schedule any given season. I'm cool with Idaho playing dome football until we're talking the number one team in the nation. Cause look, I don't, again, I, I absolutely love this team. I have had so much damn fun watching this team and I have never, I have not for one second this season had the expectation that this is a semifinal level team. Uh, you know, Hey, if Idaho starts doing this, do starts running through seasons like this, then we can start fretting about, Hey, how many home playoff games is this going to be for the Vandals? And what does that mean for future matchups? But, I, look, South Dakota State's beat the shit out of everyone. You know, if you're going to bet on any team to win, uh, South Dakota State is probably who you're betting on. So that that is a fun matchup, especially if you're viewing. To me, look, if Idaho gets to uh, if Idaho gets to a semifinal, that's house money, guys. Uh, I don't. I want the team to win, but I'm not going to be devastated if a team if Idaho loses there. Um, I do think it's important for Idaho when we when Idaho knows who their second round matchup is going to be. I think it will be important uh, to pick up at least one win. Uh, getting into a final eight, the legitimacy of Idaho made the playoffs. They lost their first, their playoff game last year, but hey, they're the team's building, and then they they won this year. That fits a pretty normal track for teams that are for schools that are on the rise of taking of taking those developmental steps. So hey, when when Idaho does have that does get to host whoever the hell it is out of Nichols in Southern Illinois, um, I think that's going to be a huge deal. And I just can't stress this enough. We should probably hit, hit our ads at some point. Um, Idaho could have one of the best environments now. Because, uh, look, a lot of playoff teams don't necessarily get that many people. Idaho got to bail on the Thanksgiving week games, which are hard as hell uh, to sell tickets for because there's no notice for travel for ha- for most of the teams. But uh, second, with what we saw this Thanksgiving week now, I'm not anxious about Idaho looking bad on national TV attendance-wise for playoffs. I'm I'm pretty ecstatic about the idea that could, I mean, Hey, if we can get 9,800 for a Thanksgiving game, Idaho could, I could, Idaho could get over 10,000 
for that second round playoff game, have a kick-ass environment. Uh, yeah, but hey, we're we, we're talk, we've talked about the Idaho section of the bracket. We still have Idaho State game, and we you know a little bit of look at the other side because there's it is Big Sky heavy on the other side of the bracket. But got to talk. Hey, this is a 1915 small batch night, man. If, if there ever was one, so Snake River Stampede Canadian Whiskey show sponsor. Uh, you can't go wrong with whatever Snake River option you go with. Uh, if you go with the Snake River Stampede, it's twenty five ninety five a fifth or forty five ninety five a handle, the only size I buy. Or if you you're celebrating the nineteen fifteen small batch edition, that's uh, aged an extra two years. It has its own double barrel finish as one of the as like probably the best Canadian whiskey you can buy. The nineteen fifty in the state of Idaho. $38.95 a fifth. That's a great buy. But then the Snake River Stampede at $25.95 a fifth, that's like the best buy at the intersection of cost and quality you're going to find in the in the state of Idaho. If you haven't given Snake River a shot yet, guys, do it this week. Brian, I don't want to get immediately into let's grade the season before the season is over. But just on the whole of it, let's say that there is no postseason. Idaho goes 8-3 and three and are considered a top five team in the country. How happy are you with this right now? Because to me, I look at this and this season has been a runaway success. Yes, really want to get that win in the, the first game of the playoffs. Want to see a second home game in the Dome. But right now, Brian, going back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in damn near 30 years. Again, making the postseason back-to-back years for the first time in a very, very long time. I it's could like not 94, be 95. Yeah, I could not be happier with, with what this this program is doing 94 95 is correct uh i could not be happier with the state of this program right now oh yeah this is an unequivocal a not not remotely close i mean like we we spend a lot of time on this show talking about matchups and we try to talk about stats all that shit uh which it matters that's also just how you and i um, understand talking about sports i want to talk about um added enjoyment i want to talk about added fun uh to, to my life Jason Eck being hired, the staff he has, the the team he's put together, and the, what the dudes on the field do. I don't know how to quantify how much more how much fun this has added uh, to my life. I mean, phase one, the show. We don't talk about the production of the show because I mostly think that's a boring thing to talk about. It is so goddamn easy to talk about this team. The, the games are fun as hell, the, which barely feels like it doesn't feel like research where like we, we've had teams Dallas where watching the games feel like research. Dude, that's not this. I This team is so, is fun as hell to watch. You guys can hear my voice. It always gets thrashed and it's always screwed up for like four or five days after games. Yeah, that's on purpose. But uh, yeah, like that's the thing that I'm going to key in on that I see is home games are celebrations now. Home games are everyone is happy everyone's even when idaho loses like it's it's not the graveyard idaho football had been for for a long time like this is it's just a new era it it, it kicks ass unbelievably so yeah all that added fun uh, the fact that now vandals are vandals are showing up for with better attendance numbers than i remember for virtually any season being a vandal fan that starts in 2005 as my background Seasons an A. Never mind four quality wins. Never mind beating, watching one of the best games I've ever seen in the Dome, Montana, the Montana State game. Never mind Hayden Hatton being an All American. Never mind Giovanni McCoy kicking ass. And then, hey, this week, Jack Lane in backup role looks pretty goddamn good. Uh, never mind all that shit. Unequivocal A Dallas. Uh, not remotely close to anything else. 
Yeah, I, I would completely agree. Absolute A on the season. And I think, uh, honestly, winning in the second round, immediately A+. plus. Obviously, I want to see Idaho win the national championship. Do I think that's going to happen this year? Mm, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily bet a ton of money on it. Uh, you'd probably get some pretty good odds on it. Uh, not Maybe not something I'm expecting to see happen. Obviously, would love for that to happen. But, Brian, getting a getting a win here is the only thing that could change this from an A to an A+. Plus. Losing would obviously be a, a bit of a downer. But on the whole, I did not expect Jason Eck to turn this program around this fast. And again, shout out to Eck and all of the coaches. I mean, the players that are here, the guys that have stuck around through the, the Petrino bullshit to the guys that came in fresh and have, again, like Anthony Woods, almost a thousand yards this year, at even missing a game, being dinged up. Like this program is changing before our eyes. And I'm honestly, I feel just lucky that we are seeing this because right now, Brian, this is the best time I've ever had being a Vandal fan. Again, throughout virtually everything in my life I can remember, Idaho's never had back-to-back winning seasons. Again, 94, 95 is, is out there, but I was two and three at the time. Like, I don't remember that. This is, this is the prime of Idaho football in my lifetime, and I'm going to enjoy every single second of it while it's here. Brian, you mentioned it, Jack Lane. I do want to get into Idaho State here. Do you have any other thoughts about Idaho being named the four seed? Any other thoughts about the bracket at all? I know we didn't touch on the other side of the bracket, but we can kind of get into that on the next show. Any other thoughts you got tonight? Uh, yeah, I'm going to step on what you said and talk about the other side of the bracket just for a second, uh, which is – Dallas, you can throw the link up if you want. Uh, it, guys, the NCAA has their – I mean, sorry, the, the bracket itself, Dallas. Um, NCAA has, has this published already. Uh, just to make sure – anyway, you guys don't have to make sure about anything. The the printable version is way easier to read. So scrolling through, one, I kind of like that Idaho avoids the big sky heavy end of the bracket. Uh, partially, it just means that we're going to see new potential teams which I, I, I love that. Hey, Christy Mayer, playoff get, playoff football in the Dome beats a bowl game in Boise. Co-signed, 100% co-signed. Uh, look, this is just, I just got to tell you, we on purpose don't try to go through like circle jerk discussions about uh, conference realignment for no reason all the time. But like, hey, we have an actual comparison here. I 100% love what the FCS does when you're good. Love that we have the selection show to care about. I love that Idaho is going to get to show where they truly are in the, in the national rankings that we're going to, you know, in the big sky fans, we all believe the big sky is you know best con- best conference or second best conference in America. It's one of the two. Well, Hey, Idaho gets to prove that. And sometimes it can be the matchups with what you get out of the big sky. When you play other teams uh, in that first or second round, sometimes it's pretty wild uh, to see big sky teams annihilate you know, uh, for example, 2019, uh, Montana put up like 70 on Sela in the sec- in the second round. I don't think Idaho's going to have to worry about that. Southern Illinois looks like they're for real. But that hey, that's just kind of fun that we get to see teams from the other side of the nation that we don't typically see. That's what our bracket is. But uh, second, uh, I'm I'm okay with getting it with getting being able to understand the second side of the bracket is like the big sky bracket to pay attention to with where Montana, Montana state and those North Dakota schools uh, match up. I'm okay with that. Um, you know, Hey, Montana number two, they win the big sky conference championship. Uh, that, that looks like about where they should be uh, pretty rough for Delaware. Who is probably going to play Montana who had Delaware beat Villanova. We were talking, I mean, and I was talking on the big sky podcast network power ranking show 
about how Delaware as a team, if they beat Villanova, is probably going to be seeded above Idaho. That's some of the help the Vandals got. Now Delaware might have to travel to the number two team in the nation when they were in line to host. Yeah, that's a rough, uh, rough couple weeks. Um, and a little bit interesting, too, on the Big Sky side, that Sacramento State loses uh, last game of the season to UC Davis. Both teams finish at 7-4, and four, and Sac State gets in. But uh, that's – okay, this is a thing where I want to – we. It's easy to talk about the NCAA getting shit wrong because there's a lot of shit the NCAA gets wrong. Um, I like that the I like that the committee va- looks like they really value the strength of schedule. I like that the committee did lo- look like they tried to value. Uh, if you beat good teams, we're not going to forget that uh, because of a a single matchup throughout the year. And it's probably I think it's fair to say seven to four Sacramento State probably has a better resume than seven and four Davis even with that head to head. But, you know, hey, Big Sky gets four teams in. UC Davis is probably one of the first teams out. So, hey, that's five-ish playoff caliber teams in the Big Sky. That's part of how a school like Idaho is always going to have that tough strength of schedule because you can't get through a Big Sky schedule without playing about three-ish playoff teams. And that's what that's what Idaho had this year in their Big Sky in their Big Sky schedule. They went 2-1 and one against Big Sky playoff teams plus the FBS win. So, hey, congrats, NCAA uh, Tournament Committee. I, I like uh, what was stressed as valuable uh, for teams' resumes. No, fully agree, Ryan. Uh, all year long, Idaho was in the top 10 in, in schedule uh, strength. And again, you're looking at the teams that have three losses. Idaho got up on top of all of them because, again, you had an FBS Power 5 loss and a loss to number two Montana. And then again, your your Weber State loss is not as damaging as Furman losing to a one-win team. Uh, now two-win team, but you you don't have the some, some of those discrepancies because of how insanely strong your schedule is. So it really worked out quite well for Idaho. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out in the comments. Uh, Kevin right now is saying, President Green needs to be drafting a very generous contract extension now. The Nick Wegber jumping in. Best way to get the staff raised is to donate to VSF. The donation money that goes towards scholarships is money that stays in the athletics budget for coaches, for equipment, for all of those things. So if you guys want to see Coach Eck and this staff continue to stay here, I know there's been a lot of people talking like, could Boise State take Jason Eck? I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Boise State is smart enough to do that. I think Boise State is still doing the thing that, unfortunately, I think is stupid that Idaho does. Idaho, in their coaching search, looked for who are guys that have Idaho ties. We got real lucky that Jason Eck had an Idaho tie, happened to be the OC of, again, the biggest power now in the FCS. Obviously, they weren't quite there at the time that he was there, but I don't see Eck leaving for Boise State. What I do see is somebody eventually is going to see what Jason Eck did to this program, and someone is going to take him away for a big-time job. You've seen North Dakota State coaches move on to Wyoming, to Kansas State. Like There are guys in the FCS. Deion Sanders, obviously. There's obviously some of the uh, the pomp and circumstance around Dion uh, was a hell of a coach in the FCS, and I think he'll turn Colorado around. But if you want Jason Eck to stay here as long as he possibly can, donate to the VSF. Get them some cash to keep him around so we can build that statue out in front of the dome. Maybe we maybe we rename it the Jason Eck Field at the Kibbe Dome at some point. Like, If you want that to happen, you got to kick the pockets up to keep the guy here. So, Brian, that's the one thing I wanted to hit before we move on. I've already asked you this, but any final, final thoughts about the seating before we move on to Idaho State? Well, no, I want to, I filibustered you on Christy Mayer's point. 
um, how you how how are you experiencing this, the playoff thing over both thing? Uh, so I I think uh, everybody that is in the Discord and has kind of followed us on Twitter knows that I'm more of an FBS guy than an FCS guy. I'm sorry, I know that there are definitely people in the comments that probably don't love that from me. I follow the FBS much more than the FCS, and I just I always have, I always will. At the end of the day, I would love for Idaho to be in the Mountain West slash Pac-12, whatever the hell's going to happen there. I would love for Idaho to go back to that at some point. But right now, this is the place for Idaho to be and play off home games in the Dome. Obviously, haven't seen it yet, but what's gonna? I know what's going to happen in two weeks, and it's going to be a whole lot better than going down there and freezing my ass off in Boise. Uh, again, I was at the 2009 game. It was incredible. But, oh guys, home games in the Kibbe Dome, you can't really beat that. It, it, you just can't, especially in the middle of December. I'm thrilled with this. I love where Idaho is. Again, long term, I'd love to see Idaho back at, at again the the Group of Five or Power Five or whatever happens when the NCAA finally loses out to the power that the the Big Four conferences are are gaining. But right now, absolutely love home games in the Kibbe Dome. Absolutely beats traveling to Boise to watch Idaho play a honestly probably a Sun Belt team at that point. Like. Come on. It was cool and all. It would have been way cooler if it was sustained. And right now, I've never seen Idaho go to two bowl games back-to-back. I am about to see them go to the FCS playoffs back-to-back. That's where Idaho belongs. Yeah, and look, the other thing is that I love about where we're at is what you do week in and week out matters. At at the, the level you just described for Idaho outside of the FCS, it doesn't matter what the hell you do week in and week out. like Because you're where you go is based off of your conferences contracts with the shitty bowl games that no one cares about. And people who don't plan them make fun of um, for Idaho. The fact that Idaho did what they did through their schedule and scheduled as tough as they did, it gets rewarded. It truly does make every week matter in a way that it j- it's just not the same when you're at that low level in, and you're not inside the FCS. So absolutely love it. And the other thing too, is I just think at the level of football Idaho's at, What's going to kind of dictate some of the extra environmental stuff for you is how into your team you can get your fan base. And hey, if you were complaining about Idaho only having four games, home games this year, which, hey, I, I wish Idaho had more home games. I think, by the way, hey, unequivocally, that was the right call for Idaho to bail on the shitty D2 game in week, you know, in, in uh, week one or whatever the hell would have been for Idaho this, this season. But hey, the gamble was. And look, and I, I think I remember, I don't remember the actual language Jarek Walcott used, but the essentially like selling this to the public was Idaho, look, we want to trade a home game in September for a home game in December. Mission fucking accomplished, man. Uh, potentially mission accomplished times two. Truly, that's, that's what it is. Idaho could now have six home games, which by the way is better than what average seasons are for, for the Vandals. doesn't matter what affiliation you're talking about. And that matter. The reason I, I just got stressed is why this is so much goddamn fun for me still is the Vandals got it because they earned it. That is part of what I like about this level is you, your team gets what you earn. And you earn it by beating good teams and sometimes beating the shit out of shitty teams, which which will, we will eventually get to that, guys, I promise. And look... We don't have a we don't have a wake up early Sunday and like sit around being excited about the selection show telling you where you're going to go and what that means for your next couple of weeks at another level. So mm-hmm. I'm all in here and I think people I really think people should I got to stress this. 
if you're not all in at this point, man, what the hell has to happen to get mm-hmm. you all into this Vandal team? Buy tickets if you can. Another thing to do, if you can't travel to this game, join the hashtag OnlyTubs Discord, patreon.com backslash tubs at the club. It costs $250 a month. We're okay with more than $250 a month. But it's just $250 a month. The, the chat goes absolutely wall-to-wall for all of the games, especially road games. But, hey, there's a lot of people who can't travel to the home games because, hey, you're captain and you're living in the east eastern time zone. So you're go, getting to games is a big deal. Or, hey, you have family and you can't you just can't travel every single Saturday to get to the game, but you still want to be involved. It's a ton of people who are super into the games. It has none of the like typical annoying Internet shit. Uh, it's all people who are into the Vandals, into having fun, into talking Vandal football, mixed guy football. It, it it also gives if you can join the Discord, it also gives you an excuse to meet to become friendly with people you're going to see when you actually travel to the games. So again, patreon.com backslash tubs at the club uh, to support the show and join the hashtag only tubs discord. And Brian, we can't forget that if you are looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal owned and operated since 1976, and they're ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the salmon the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. You can even check out special trips like one to see the Perseid Meteor Shower, camp on pristine beaches, run amazing white water, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. Just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. And Brian, we actually are going to need to talk to Colin because their website has been updated. And the website's number is a Montana area code 406-540-4450. So if you're thinking about giving Colin a call, try 800-262-1882. And if that doesn't get you there, hit the website, HughesRiver.com. You can pull the phone number 406-540-4450, HughesRiver.com. Brian. It's time. I know that this is not the newsworthy thing anymore, but let's talk about one of the most fun experiences I have ever had in the Kibbe Dome. We're just going to throw that score up there for anybody that doesn't know what happened yesterday. Idaho 63, Idaho State 21, in a game that was not that close. Idaho led 56-0 to zero at halftime. Absolute shit-pumping, to borrow my favorite hockey term, Absolute shit pumping of the Bengals yesterday, Brian. As Super George uh, 111 or 111 says, we beat ISU so bad they dropped football. And honestly, if I were Cody Hawkins, I'd be seeing if Kenny Dillingham's got his job on staff at ASU because it's time to get the hell out of pokey. That you were 100% right that Idaho, Idaho felt like they could have scored 100 points. It was just okay, two things. Because of the anxiety that I think Vandal fans, and us included, had felt over the last couple weeks heading into this game, it was great to see Idaho just absolutely show up. And it was what it was was the Montana State level focus for the Vandals against a non-Montana State team. And they beat the shit out of Idaho State. It was one, it was a night matchup nightmare for Idaho State because when Idaho State's offense is not clicking, 
they're the inverse of Idaho, as in their time of possessions is like 15 seconds until they're punting. And Idaho could do essentially whatever the hell they wanted to do. Giovanni McCoy did not play. We talked about that on the show on Wednesday, that McCoy very likely not, not going to be out there. Jack Lane was Jack Lane was fantastic uh, in it pl- playing playing for McCoy goes 20 to 26 for six touchdowns. His deep balls looked fantastic. You could probably cover uh, individual like how many deep passes McCoy had or sorry McCoy uh, wet uh, Lane had over three guys, but Jack Lane looked very good, man. Six touch. Now you wish that Giovanni McCoy had a single week this season where he had the kind of pocket time that Jack Lane had that, which is to say, Hey, the Idaho O-line took care of their end of, end of the deal. Idaho O-line looked great. Um, again, looked great against the Bengals, but Idaho was clicked. Didn't matter if it was on the ground or if it was through the air, like, Hey, Anthony Woods, 18, uh, 18 rushes for 115 net yards and a touchdown uh, lane 20, like I said, 2026 for 275 yards and six touchdowns. A lot of the bench got to be what wasn't playing in the fourth quarter, but, you know, uh, 316 passing yards on the game for the Vandals, 283 rushing yards. Jason Eck got to shift back to that, um, rushing more than pa- than the team passes, 46 rushes to 24 total passes. Uh, man, everything clicked for the Vandals. And then, man, Hayden Hatton, Jesus Christ. Well, and actually Hayden Hatton didn't even lead the team in receiving yards uh, because of some long passes, Jordan Dwyer hauled in. Dwyer led the team receiving yards, three catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. But Hayden Hatton, five catches, 74 yards, and two touchdowns. This was just – Idaho State was blitzed in every – metaphorically speaking – in every possible facet of the game. Idaho came to play in every possible facet of the game. The first quarter took like an hour, Dallas, because of how Idaho was scoring quickly and Idaho State was sprinting to punts. It was – it was honestly, it felt like the game was on pace for seven hours with how bad Idaho was dominating. Brian, don't forget that Jermaine Jackson also returned a punt for a touchdown and completely shut down any chance they had at doing anything special teams related. Guys, uh, it is it is impossible to state that was the most dominating performance I have ever seen from an Idaho team. And I watched Idaho beat the shit out of Simon Frazier. That's what Idaho State looked like. I made the joke in the stands. I didn't understand that Cody Hawkins was... Uh, He's a philanthropist making Idaho State a home for Simon Fraser refugees. And I say that because Idaho led, look, the final score is 63 to 21. Idaho led 56 to zero at the end of the first half. And second half, Idaho was not trying to trying to run up the score. That's just not who Jason Eck is. Now, at times you might have thought that's what they're doing because Idaho State could do nothing whatsoever to stop Idaho for the majority of this game. But 56 to zero at the half. Uh, it just felt so goddamn nice to have the seniors get a get be sent off with a good crowd. That was the other other thing. Hey, want to pat Vandal supporters on the back? I still so I talk about pan, Vandal PTSD. Of you take stuff in the past that has nothing to do with this season and believe that's going to impact this season. Here's my Vandal PTSD. I still remember that first game uh, Jason Eck had in the dome, the Drake game with like three thousand five hundred people there. Mm. Uh, so I which just made me anxious as hell about how many people are going to show up for this game. We already told you 9,800, which is a great job Vandal nation getting to this game, sending the seniors off with a pretty damn good crowd, giving us confidence to believe the Vandals could get around 10,000 ish for a home playoff game. So Vandal fans, you held up your end of the bargain. And if you came, the Vandals 
they got to put to rest any anxiety you had about the potential for a seed while j- just slamming the door shut instantaneously on the Bengals. And Brian, shout out to the defense for interceptions. I know that Idaho State throws the ball all over the field. So it's a little bit easier to anticipate intercepting a ball because you know that they're going to throw the ball on virtually every single play. But it really felt like the defense was looking to turn that turnover margin around in one game. It it was honestly, guys, I I made the joke next to my wife, and she maybe didn't love the joke. Um, the joke. I turned to her and said, this is the best day of my life. Like, I have never seen a, a truly, honestly, fully dominant performance from every single phase of the Vandals. It, it, Jack Lane looked outstanding. Brian, you, you mentioned it. Anthony Woods, shout out to Anthony Woods, 13 yards short of 1,000 on the season. Obviously, if, if he plays at Weber State, he absolutely blows past that by a wide margin. You expect after hopefully one carry, probably two, he's going to break the 1,000-yard mark against Nichols or Southern Illinois on December 2nd. And then shout out to Jack Schuster. Very first career touchdown pass, excuse me, very first touchdown catch with eight minutes left in the the game, 63-14. Go find the video on Twitter if you didn't see it, or again, watch the replay of this game. If you have Vandal PTSD and you're looking for a a day to feel really good about yourself, go watch watch the replay on ESPN+. Plus. I can't imagine you're listening to us without having watched the game, but if you haven't watched the game, the one person of you that is probably out there, go watch this game. Idaho absolutely demoralized this team, but Jack Schuster, shout out, watching the entire team just mob him and then he on the sideline there were guys just dapping him up and down the field coolest thing to see this the the team is honestly a a brotherhood it feels like at this point and i i didn't get that feeling a lot from the petrino era because i felt like the coaching staff didn't like the players the players didn't like the coaching staff you do not get that feeling with this this is this is what i have dreamed of idaho football being my entire life brian and blowing out the in-state rival to a point that, again, I haven't heard from McLean today. I uh, haven't heard from the, the Jungle Land guys today. I haven't heard from the Jungle today. Kind of nice to shut little brother up a little bit. Honestly, Brian, this is one of the best weekends. To go from biggest win I've seen really ever to the number four seed in the, the country in a 14-hour window, it's a great time to be a Vandal man. Yeah, no, hey, uh, credit to the ISU and the Jungle Land podcast. Um, all those accounts were self-effacing right away. Like, they're, they're fun. So, like, hey, we're going to hear from them. We're glad that Idaho State is is worth paying attention to to a certain extent right now. But from the Idaho end, hey, uh, you talked about the four picks. And, dude, that was the other thing that was great to see is Idaho this season, they'd had – there's a lot of turnovers Idaho could have forced this year. It's just – Idaho's luck with capitalizing, which is going to vary year to year. That's just how turnovers work. There is a luck does factor into who who can, who forces how many turnovers that where the ball bounces really does matter. Um, Idaho getting their hands on those picks, you know, uh, Dwayne McDougal NAU transfer safety for Idaho with two of the picks, uh, or Monty Arnold a pick. Then Kyron Kyron Beecham had the first pick, which to to me was uh, I meant that it just Kyron Beecham getting that first pick. It felt like a momentum thing for the defense where suddenly it's Hey, everything's, everything's clicking tackling's right. So now if there's a chance to force a turnover, Idaho's going to do it. Uh, so that and real, real happy for the defense other than, I mean, look, they still, they obviously beat the shit on Idaho state. It was 56 to zero at half, but the team capitalizing on those turnovers, I guess that's another thing to take from this game. 
um, heading into, uh, you know, a potential matchup is look offensively. Idaho gets to wipe away uh, that last Idaho had been four. Idaho had not broken the 30 mark for four consecutive games. So it was great for Idaho to blow through that in what felt like no time whatsoever. But then second for the defense to put things together, it feels like this was what Idaho, aside from the brain dead, Idaho needed the win for seeding. This type of blowout win felt like it's what this team needed to kind of, you know, restore. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying the team lacked confidence in themselves. I don't believe they did. But I do know that the team was aware, like, hey, the whole season, they just hadn't been, they hadn't been forcing turnovers. That's just, that's just reality. Or, hey, offensively, everyone knows this is a stacked team, but they hadn't really produced that well for, you know, a month. It was great to put both of those things to bed in this game. And uh, again, the rest of the game is a celebration. It was actually weird. I moved down, sat by you, Dallas, in the second half. It was weird in the second half to suddenly not have to track what down Idaho was on. And you're just kind of experiencing the game. Um, not saying that's uh, how we want every single game to be or something like that. But, um, you know, hey, Farron in the comments section saying PTSD, Petrino, uh, traumatic stress disorder. I'm not going to talk about Paul Petrino, but I am going to say it was it was a great cap to a regular season to have this blowout win over Idaho State. And yet to shift our focus to, okay, uh, Vandals took care of business. Uh, let's see what that means for the playoffs. Brian, I just want to give one last shout out to the defense. Uh, outstanding performance uh, after we've seen some some struggles recently. Uh, big, big shout out. We've mentioned that the secondary behind Marcus Harris sometimes gets picked on a little bit. It was Dwayne McDougal, Ormani Arnold, and Kyron Beecham with the picks today. Uh, or yesterday, I should say. The guys that weren't Marcus Harris are the guys that stepped up. I mean, Marcus Harris looked phenomenal again, uh, but that's that's pretty typical at this point. Um, you'd have to be pretty stupid to ever say that he shouldn't be playing on the team because you think he's not very good. Uh, again, very stupid if you think that or have ever thought that in your life. Um, sorry. Uh, shots fired. Uh, lateral move. Uh, anyways. I, I, I just really want to give one final shout out to Dwayne, to Dwayne McDougal, somebody that the coaching staff talked about wanting to have recruited as a true freshman last year, convinced him to transfer out of NAU last season, between the last season and this season, and then coming up huge with those two picks. And again, hasn't seen a whole lot of the field this year. Makes me feel really good about watching what's what's happening with this defense. It's a bummer that Trey Thomas is obviously in his final season. I thought he looked pretty good. And then you see X-Ray Alexander up here with, uh, with eight tackles. Dude, X looks like he's going to be a player of the year in the big sky before he's he's all said and done here at Idaho. Honestly, truly outstanding work from X. I think that we are going to see, obviously, it would have been really nice to have Paul Moala still around and have a little bit more depth in that linebacking room, but you see X playing so well, and, and then Eck right next to him is also obviously growing and getting better each week. Brian, this, this is a team that we're talking about yeah, we're having a great season right here. There's going to be guys that are gone. It was senior day, so again, you had the, both of the Hattons. You had Jermaine Jackson go. Like, there's going to be a big change in I think some of the statistical production this next season because you're most likely not going to see Hatton and Jackson again. But there is enough youth on this team, like you said. Jordan Dwyer led the team in in receiving yards. Yeah, uh, hey, there's so um, many- Hatton was honored on senior night. Yes. So both of the Hattons plus Jackson were honored on senior night. So it's fairly safe to assume they're not going to come back. A uh, guy like Alex Moore was honored on senior night. He's technically a redshirt sophomore eligibility wise, but again, 
when you walk on senior night, it's usually pretty safe to assume they're not going to be back next year. Not again, we could see Alex Moore back here for two more years. He, they did say he's working on his masters. So might be just, Hey, wanted to walk out with these guys because again, it feels more like a brotherhood than it ever has to me, at least since honestly, even the early days of the achy era, because the end of the achy era obviously did not feel like that. Uh, <laughs> there's some things going on in those locker rooms, but Brian, I, I Nick Weber saying it perfectly. Eck and Slice were playing Madden yesterday. Punting wasn't an option. When you look at the drive chart, it's insane what Idaho did yesterday. Look at all of the touchdowns on the board. Obviously, you have to get a bunch of touchdowns to get up into the 60s, but all of these touchdowns, the one fumble from Woods where he got wrapped up uh, around the legs and then took a huge shot to the chest. I was honestly stunned he got up so easily uh, fumbled, but then Idaho got the ball back immediately. And then again, more touchdowns, more touchdowns, and then unfortunately, yeah, some some downs uh, in the the end of the second, and then the the third quarter when Idaho had had very visibly taken the foot off of the gas and were just out there getting guys reps. But Brian, the the future is so so bright for Idaho. And then Buford Hornweasel saying Alex Governor walked last season for the Grizz and came back for one year. Never say never. And obviously, I think Governor is probably the best defensive player in the Big Sky this year. So never say never. Guys might come back. But if this was the second to last or third to last home game for for Hatton, Jackson, and some of these seniors, Brian, what a hell of a way to go out. Hey, one I want to shift uh, shift back because um, there, there's a playoff thing we did not talk about that we can in a second. But before we, before we talk about that, it's a, it's a literal schedule. Um, I'm going to guess to run through players of the game really quick. Um, I'm going to go offensively. I'm going to go Jack Lane uh, just in backup duty throwing the six touchdowns um, also. Hey, uh, Jack Lane was productive as a rusher. He, he runs a little bit different than Giovanni McCoy, where like, I think Giovanni McCoy is he's quicker left to right. I think McCoy's his scrambling is more to extend plays and he will, he will opportunistically rush and be fine. Um, Jack Lane's a little bit more of a tuck and run rusher. I'm not saying he runs like a running back, but compared to McCoy, he runs more like a running back uh, than Giovanni McCoy does. So a little bit different. But hey, Jack Lane, nine rushes for 33 net yards, uh, for 41 gained yards. Uh, so he Lane was just good all over the place. And it's great to see. Um, look, I want McCoy to be healthy. I want Giovanni McCoy out there. Um, I don't, I, it's very easy to fall in love with the backup quarterback when the other team has no tape on the dude. And Jack Lane got the best quarterback matchup other than like Idaho Cal Poly that uh, an Idaho quarterback could possibly get this season. So just want to acknowledge that. I think McCoy would have kicked, would obviously have kicked ass had he been there, but we've seen McCoy play at an elite level under duress. So just, Hey, you're comparing the two guys. Please just don't forget that we've seen McCoy like look great against nationally elite defenses who are harassing him. And that's what kept the game close. Um, I'm happy McCoy gets those two weeks off because I will be, I will be ecstatic to see McCoy back under center, but then I'll also know if for some reason McCoy's hurt and he can't go, Jack Lane looks Jack Lane is doing everything he can to show that he is a good, uh, good FCS quarterback. He for sure looks like a guy out there who, if he were on a different big sky team, there's a ton of teams he could start for. Yeah, 100%, Brian. I mean, it might be a bit of an overreaction, but I don't know many quarterbacks in the big sky I would take over Jack Lane based on what we've seen out of, again, the statistics were not quite the same against Idaho State last year, which, again, was an even worse Idaho State team, but thought he looked pretty confident, had some you know freshman mistakes, but that happens when you're a true freshman playing. Again, go back and look at 
Vani when he got thrown into the Eastern game his true freshman year. Yeah, second start. Like, didn't look great. Like, it's just what's going to happen, especially, you know, Vani was put well behind the eight ball because Petrino was there. So, love to see that, again, this bye week is going to get Vani healthy. At least I, I assume this bye week is going to get Vani healthy. That extra extra full week off of not having to not having to take shots, not having to be super prepared for, hey, I'm going to get behind this pocket and hopefully not get ripped to shreds. That's going to be a huge help, and hopefully we see Vonnie at full health against Nichols or Southern Illinois on December 2nd. But, Brian, I have to go with Jack Lane as the player of the game. I know we like to, to try to pick different guys. Anthony Woods, obviously, 18 carries, 115 yards and a touchdown, had a heck of a game. Jordan Dwyer, three receptions, 100 yards, uh, one touchdown, looked really great doing it. Hayden Hatton, one of the best catches of the year, high-pointing over a safety in a corner. Jack Lane hit him perfectly in the end zone. But Jack Lane put together one of the best performances. Nick Weber, shout out, Tony Trees. Uh, Jack Lane put one, together one of the best performances in Vandal history. 20 of 26, 275 yards and six touchdowns in the first half. If for some reason this had been a shootout, I think Lane probably could have gotten seven, eight, and nine in there if he had really needed to. But obviously the game was over, honestly, just a couple minutes into the first quarter. But for me, Brian... Player of the game, absolutely no question, has to be offensively, it's Jack Lane. Defensively, I've got my pick, but I'm going to let you go first. It's okay. It's hard to me to pick. Uh, the It's hard to pick one dude because in all facets, Idaho defensively took care of business. But I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the maybe, maybe brain dead thing, maybe not. Um, Trey Thomas with uh with a sack, two tackles for a loss, eight total tackles. Um, I'm picking him just. It, it, I probably should go with go with Dwayne Dwayne McDougal because of the two picks. But the reason I'm stressing Trey Thomas over the secondary is Idaho has had some lapses in tackling this season. That wasn't on the. That absolutely was not on the table for even one second uh, of this game. You could throw an extra Alexander in there uh, as well as potential guy, but um, I'm just going to go with Train Thomas in addition because the sack and the tackle for a loss. Um, but there's a ton of dudes who'd be easy to pick as the game changers because Idaho took care of business the entire night. Yeah, I mean, there's again, you could list off a whole bunch of guys on here. Uh, shout out Super George one one saying Dwayne McDougal. I think McDougal had an incredible game. Obviously, two picks, but. To me, Brian, it's Ormani Arnold because that pick so early on in the game, I think, set the tone for this entire team. I, again, I think Idaho blows the absolute piss out of Idaho State no matter what happens. But I think Ormani Arnold getting that pick so early on was just the the nail in the coffin immediately that Idaho was going to be full throttle the whole half and just punch Idaho State in the mouth over and over and over and over and over again until Cody Hawkins regretted ever opening his stupid fucking face. And then special teams wise, absolutely special teams player of the game, Jermaine Jackson. Like, obviously took that punt to the house. And at that point, Idaho State mostly just started punting it out of bounds because they realized how terrible that was. Shout out to the entire coaching staff for trotting out Hatton and Jackson as dual punt returners on that play. I don't think Idaho State had any idea what to do with that. Okay, I do have one one question for you. Does it change your vote for defensive player of the game? to know that Kyron Beecham was the one who picked off the first pass. Ah, shit. That was who I meant. Yes, that was who I was talking about the whole time. That's my fault. That is 100% my fault. It was Kyron Beecham. I remembered his number. I 
didn't have the number and roster up on me. But yes, Kyron Beach and player of the game because of again the I thought that first interception was the tone setter for the entire night. I, I think you're right too, but hey, you can't go wrong anyway. And brain dead Jermaine Jackson, special teams player of the game with that kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, hey, the thing I wanted to talk schedule wise is so Idaho December 2nd is the announced date of that playoff week. I have you looked at the announced kickoff time so far uh for, for the Vandals Dallas, which is December seven. 7th. Yes, 7 p.m. kickoff for the Vandals on December 2nd. Yeah, 7 p.m. kickoff for the Vandals on December 2nd. That's a Saturday. Hey, question for you. Do you like Idaho having the night game or not? It depends. Um, I loved the idea of it, and then I didn't love the execution of it the last time it happened. So I loved the idea of the night the game. The last time being Montana. The last time, yes, thank you. The last time being the Montana game. I personally love the idea of the 7 p.m. game. Uh, I, I think there's just there's a different energy with a night game. Uh, I understand that it can make things tough because, again, luckily, Wazoo is definitely not going to be playing because uh, you know, it's the conference championship games that weekend. And Wazoo is definitely, I mean, that's not held in Pullman, but Wazoo's season is over. Hopefully, people are able to get to Moscow slash Pullman slash maybe a little bit of overflow into Lewiston. I like the 7 p.m. game. I know it means I get back to Spokane at like 3 a.m. I personally like the 7 p.m. kickoffs. I like night games. It's just, it's what I'm used to because I went to so, again, I for anybody that doesn't know, used to be a sports journalist here. I've been to so many Wazoo games that were night kickoffs that I just, I like football at night. It does it for me. Don't know why. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, one thing I want to bring up is get your hotels right away, guys. Their commencement in Moscow is December 7th. So for like the first time ever, Idaho gets to, hotels might not be that big a deal uh to, to get so get, get your hotels airbnb is whatever the hell you do if you want it get it now uh i love the night game uh part of why i like the night game is hey maybe now this could just be like a, a dumb idiosyncrasy for me but i like when the event feels it feels like there's nothing else to care about but the event and no matter what playoff football game it's going to be intense but the night football game feels different because that is just what everyone is doing with their night. Otherwise, you're just going to go home or if you're tailgating, staying in your RV, you're doing that. But the focal point of your night is it. Second, hey, if you're a person doing childcare who needs childcare, you probably have it arranged. So it's just you, you're just at the game and that's it. There's nothing else. To, there's nothing else to be concerned about. So like, hey, that's part of why I like the night games is I guess it makes the game feel if your team wins, it gets to feel like it's more of a party. And that's what you're there for. So I love the night kickoff. Um, and also just for me executing it personally, selfishly, this is going to be a way easier uh, for my whole fa- for my whole family to, to head down. So I like the night kickoff. I sure as shit am going to be there. Um, probably not getting, uh, ooh, Nick Weber saying too late on hotels. Well, hey, guys, we tried. We tried. Um, I like the night kickoff. So, oh, yeah, Kevin Marshall comment section. Brian and Dallas like the nightlife. They love to boogie. God Remember, damn. Nickelback exclusively plays at night. They don't play morning shows. Absolutely. 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 So no, dude, I think it's a home run. Um, I don't, I am ready. Dallas, uh, we're, we're at over an hour. We're still going to talk on Tuesday or Wednesday. I have one last thing. Okay. Patreon.com backslash tubs of the club. It's the best place to hang out. We've already mentioned it, but if you like talking Vandal football, if you like hanging out in the comment section, if you like listening to us, if you hate listening to us, patreon.com backslash tubs of the club, 
It's less than the price of a coffee per month to just, you got a whole bunch of channels. Again, we always talk about football, but there's channels for basketball, both men's and women's. There's channels for soccer, there's channels for volleyball. Like there are a bunch of discussions that are not just around the football team. There's university talk. There's even just a free talk. If you just, you decide, Hey, that Nick Weber guy's pretty cool. I kind of want to just randomly talk to him about whatever the hell I want. Hang out. It's a great place to, again, it's, there's all vandals. There's other places to go, but we like our little curated community. We think it's pretty accepting. It's a pretty good place to, again, talk vandal football. And right now is the best time to be talking vandal football. Okay. The other thing I want to bring up, not to extend the commercial, but just so you guys know, um, look, Tubbs the club doesn't really publish written work anymore. It just doesn't fit with our time. We actually do a ton of our written analysis. We just throw into the discord and it's not just us. We have other vandals who are knowledgeable about the sport who they don't post on tubs at the club because we don't care to do that. They post their analysis of what they're looking at in the discord. So as far as like, if you're, you're asked, if you're interested in more vandal content, join the discord, dude, you'll, you'll get it. We have guys like Patty Ferks and Taylor cash who watch a ton of football outside of Idaho who they're going to talk about the stuff they see. They're, they're knowledgeable. It's the kind of stuff that we we would want to include on the show anyway, and people do it there just because. So, yeah, patreon.com backslash tubs of the club. Uh, Dallas, we're still going to record on Tuesday or Wednesday. We haven't really verified which one. Um, that show, hey, we're, we have all Big Sky Awards that are going to be coming out pretty quick. So that'll be kind of the focus of the show. And then a deeper look at Nichols and Southern Illinois and our official tubs of the club, Supreme court adjudication. Who do we want to win? I think I already know, but anyway, we'll, we'll do our, a deeper look at both those teams and then, Hey, you know, just what else to look for in the FCS playoffs uh, for this week. So, Hey, we're, we're still going to be there for Thanksgiving and then shit, dude, biggest game in Moscow since Montana state, which was the biggest game in Moscow since Montana. Uh, we've got a ton of, isn't that that's another thing we could keep going and that's why when you asked me earlier um grading the season why i wanted to talk about my experience and what i think is the experience of more vandals a little bit more than some like game analysis is holy shit dallas we get to have like our three of our last four home games all now feel like the biggest game in moscow since but they're like oh it was like two weeks ago that's that it's been a special season and it's not too late to get on board for the season guys um support the team support the coach and just treat yourself you're a vandal you've lived through a lot of pain show up for the good stuff too with that if you ain't vandal you ain't shit go vandals go vandals this is producer brian doing a terrible job of even finding what we're going to play us out with. So I'm just going, we're just going to call it good. See you guys Tuesday.